Please be seated. It's good to see you in-house today. Good to see you online as well, even though I can't literally see you online, but it's good that you can see us online. Uh, It's exciting that we're back, uh, and we're excited to be able to also add one more really cool thing to our Sunday services. Uh, If if you're new with us, uh, we're in the Ten Commandments right now. We've received quite a bit of feedback from each one of these commands already. We're only up to number five. We're, technically, we're just getting halfway through. What we've decided to do uh, right now, we're, we're working, we're a, a group of pastors that are working together doing the same sermon series. We do our, our study on uh, Mondays when we get together. And what we've done is we've added a little piece to what we're going to be doing at our sermon prep. So Michael at Village Church of Bartlett, Alex is at his church, I'm at this church, and what we're going to do is we're going to get all these pastors together each Monday, and we're going to tackle questions that you may have regarding each one of the messages that we are doing. So we're going to do a little podcast recording. Uh, we're going to be doing this, and we'll, we'll, we'll record it Monday. It'll get released through the week. And so if you are driving your car through the week or you're, you're just bored out of your mind sometime and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I had some questions about what Craig said on Sunday, tune in to this, uh, this new podcast we'll have. It'll be on our website. You can find it quickly there on the first page there. And you, could, you can uh, tune in and you can listen to maybe some of the questions that you might be asking that other people are asking as well. And if you have questions that you would like to ask, you can text them to us at this church, uh, Village Church East, uh, and we would love to be able to answer those questions as well. Naturally, it's only a 20-minute conversation that we're going to be doing, and so we won't be able to tackle all the questions, but I know there are some that naturally come from each one of these commandments, uh, especially because they are so against, or they are so contradictory sometimes to the society in which we live. And so I want to encourage you to to tune in, check that out, see if you like it. If you don't, that's fine. Just stick with us on Sundays, that would be great. But we wanted to just provide you with another tool that will help you be able to kind of dig a little deeper in each one of these commandments as we go through. And who knows, if it takes off, maybe we'll do it each and every uh, Monday after each and every Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. That starts tomorrow. Now we get to this one, number five. Of the Ten Commandments, who knows what number five is? Who knows what number five is? Come on now. Yes, yes, Brent. Honor your father and mother. That's right. And uh, Brent is a great one to, uh, to know that one because he's a wonderful example of being able to honor his parents. Uh, I, I actually don't know if that's true or not, but... Uh, <laughs> We all, interestingly enough, are given this command. Let me read it for you directly, and then I have some really, like, we, you could skip over this so easily and not dive into the, the, the meat of this. Exodus twenty twelve number five, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. Now, obey your mother and father is typically how we translate this, Right? We typically look at our children and say, it's number five, Jimmy. You've got to obey, right? And if you don't, you're not going to live very long, Jimmy. Like, we have a tendency to, to look at it that way. But it's interesting that God knows the word obey, and he doesn't use it here. It's also interesting that the Ten Commandments are not addressed to children. They're addressed to adults. So I look at those two things, and I'm thinking to myself, honor your father and mother. It doesn't say obey, and it is addressed to adults. And so we dig a little further, and we realize that 
The commandments that God gives us are broken into two categories. The first four categories, one God, no images, no use of the name in vain, and keep the day holy. Those first four are our obligations to God. The last six, or the last, yeah, the last six, the last six here, are our obligations to society. And it begins with number five. It begins with this one, honor your father and mother. Begins with creating order in society by setting up Israel to understand this is how a nation functions. It's really important that we understand this. These Ten Commandments are given to Israel primarily so that they can set up a nation. They're not a nation. They're Right now, they're just a bunch of slaves wandering around in the desert. They don't even have a place to live. God is taking them to the promised land. It's going to be their land. And he's giving them a foundation for what society will work with. How a society is meant to function. And a society is meant to function primarily if the children honor their parents. Israel was about to become a nation of laws. And they wanted to bring up children who were producers and viable to society, help the society thrive, not be disruptors in society. So my question to you is this. Why in the world does he start with honor your father and mother? If this is like, okay, God is looking to build a society. He's going to give a whole bunch of obligations to humankind, right? Don't steal stuff that's not yours. Don't take stuff that doesn't belong to you. Don't say bad things about your neighbor, all right? Or don't murder. If you're thinking about building a society, like, don't murder should probably be number one. Wouldn't you say that? You don't want people around, go running around killing other people. If you're going to have a society, that should be, you'd think, number one on the list. But when God starts his obligations to God, he starts with one God. He starts with this idea of, if you want to have a relationship with me, you've got to begin at the primary spot, and that is recognizing there's only one of me. This is how the children of Israel were to build a relationship with God. This is the beginning understanding. Number one, there is only one God. Start there. And if you're going to build a society with laws and, and stability that is going to be successful, that is going to thrive, you've got to build it on, number one, the home. Children who honor parents. Now, that may blow you away. You're thinking to yourself, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, like, like, don't kill somebody else is a good place to start. But that's not what comes first. What comes first as far as our obligations to the relationships around us is start by honoring those who you have a relationship with first. And that is your parents. With God, you begin a relationship with him, and you've got to start that relationship by acknowledging there is one God. With your parents, you have to start that relationship understanding that it is your job to honor your parents. That begins when you're this high, and it goes all the... How many people around here uh, don't or did never had parents? Yeah, okay. If, you, if that was the case, we should probably chat afterwards. Every one of us have had parents or have parents. So this law applies to all of us. The first four were about building authentic spiritual relationships. These are our obligations to God. The last six are about authentic 
physical relationships, our relationships on the horizontal plane. Now let's talk about what it means to honor. The word honor in the Old Testament is the word chaved. I just like saying that because I get to do that hard ch. And it's, it's fun to try, try it. Try it with me. Chaved. Chaved. Yeah. If you're waking up in the morning and you want to get rid of that little stuff in the back of your throat, chaved is a good way to start your morning. Chaved simply means to honor. It means to give weight to. It means to respect. It means to give priority to. This word chaved means that we are to pay this homage, this, this giving the weight to our parents. And this includes, by the way, both parents. You, you may have been taught somewhere crazy from people that never read the Bible that God thinks women are somewhat underneath or they're, they're not as important all you, all you have to do is open God's word and you will find a God that is not like that at all. Just stupid people that say things that are ignorant. There's another passage of scripture, in fact, on this very verse. And it gives a reiteration of this verse, Leviticus 19.3. You tell me if you can see the difference. Every one of you should revere his mother and his father and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. What did you notice there that's a little different from the Exodus passage? Which comes first in the Exodus passage, father or mother? Father. Which comes first in the Leviticus passage, father or mother? Do you know what that tells me? These are equal individuals in the home. They are both worthy of honor. They are both parents. And so I want to tell you that if you are in somehow under the impression that God doesn't think highly of women, you're reading the wrong Bible because it's all the way through God's word. This is one great way... Uh, that we see it. God is speaking to a group of people here that were grown up to not appreciate women. In the Egyptian culture, in any culture in the ancient Near East, women were not high on the priority list. But in God's economy, women are equal. Moms and dads are equal in the home. They are equally valuable, equally loved, and equally deserving of honor. God's word emphatically declares both parents in a properly ordered society are to be held in honor. Number five is simply the connector between the way we, we have a relationship with God and the way that we have a relationship with others. We begin understanding how to have a relationship with others when we understand how to have a relationship with our parents. Right? We don't murder others because we understand how it, what it means to do number five. We honor our parents. We don't take somebody else's name and run it through the mud. We take their name in vain. That's, that's really what, uh, what it is to, uh, uh, to break one of these commandments or, or to, to, to uh, steal stuff that's not ours or to commit adultery. You see, those are all sins that are done on a horizontally plane against one another. But unless you get number five, you don't understand how to build healthy relationships and how to value healthy relationships. I love Leviticus 19.3. Every one of you should, I love this word, revere his father and mother. His mother and father. This actually, this word revere is yar. If you want to know another word, this is another fun uh, Hebrew word, yar. Do you know what yar means? Revere. 
it actually means fear. When the children of Israel were running away from Pharaoh and they were scared to death because he was right behind them and the sea was in front of them and they couldn't go over the mountains and they were stuck and they were going to die. It said that they fear, in fear, they cried out to God. You know what word is used there? Yar. This this reverence for God's power is meant to be the same kind of reverence we have for the position of our parents in the home. So my question at this point is, why is this so important? Why are these societal obligations so important to God? And why should it start with parents? Well, it needs to start with parents because, listen, parents, you are the primary conduit of God's grace in your home. This, this is not something that happened to you by mistake. It's not something that have, <laughs> happened to you without God's knowledge. You may not have planned on this. You know, it may have been a surprise from some vacation that you took. But bottom line is, you are meant to be a parent. This is God's opportunity for you to be his hand of grace inside that home. Shannon, I'm thinking all about you. I'm so excited. Shannon's going to have twins, a boy and a girl. It's so awesome. We're so happy. You get to be a parent. I mean, you already are. You get to be the conduit of grace in your home. God's plan for us as parents is to be his mouthpiece, his hands, his eyes. When you change your baby's diaper, you are giving them a, a symbol of the grace of God in that home. When you feed your children every single day, you are being a picture of how God cares for us. When you you sit down and you pray before you eat, you are telling your children God has provided for us. You are the mouthpiece, the hands, the heart, and the eyes of God in your home. And you, because of that, deserve honor. Children who honor the home will most likely show honor in society. The teaching and example of honor that we set in the home weaves through the fabric of our children's lives. And before God, this is serious. This is one, number one, in societal obligations. Raise your children to honor you. And children, honor your parents. And it never stops. It's serious, and it's so serious, I I picked out this one verse. There's lots of verses like this, but I like this one. Proverbs 30, 17, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be, say it with me, church, this is so fun, will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. (laughs) That's a bad day. Societies are at risk when the children do not honor their parents. And listen, if you're thinking to yourself, Craig, 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 you're missing it. Come on, you're supposed to be the theological teacher here. This is Old Testament stuff. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Look in Ephesians chapter 5. In this passage of Scripture, in Ephesians 5 and 6, actually, in Ephesians chapter 6, it reiterates this covenant. It reiterates the importance of this in our homes today, in the church. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is what, church? It's just right. Obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Now you see, okay, it's not just obey. It's more than that. It's, say it with me, chaved. It's honor your father and mother. 
This is the commandment with a promise. What is the promise? That it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. You see, Ephesians 5 and 6 is all about properly structured society. Read it. It's, it's a great read. It's how fathers love their mothers. It's how, it's how husbands love their wives and wives respect their husbands. It's how marriage works properly in the home. It's about how fathers relate to their children. They don't exasperate their children. It's how, it's how, it's how dads relate to their, their kids. It's how, it's how husbands relate to their wives. It's all in there. It's about how, how bosses relate to their workers, and it's about workers and how they relate to their bosses. It's all about relationships, and smack dab in the middle of it is Ephesians 6 and verse 1. Children, you have a role in a properly ordered society. Obey your parents in the Lord. The truth of the fifth command is given directly to us today not only at Sinai, but also through the church at Ephesus. And as, as we carry on the church today, we carry on the importance of maintaining and highlighting honor for parents in the home. What does it mean, the last part of it, Exodus twelve twelve, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving to you? What does that mean? Well, it, I think it means two things. Number one... There's a consequence. If you're a child that grows up and doesn't honor your parents, you're going to be living with a lot of consequences. You won't like those consequences. And in the Old Testament, actually, one consequence, there's once that a, a, a son was rebellious and he was a drunkard and his parents couldn't do anything with him. And so they brought him to the elders and they stoned him to death. So that's right. So, so some of you apparently have memorized that passage of scripture. So that is a passage of scripture that, that so your life will not be long in the land. You get it? You might die if you don't honor your parents. But there is a greater a greater thing that applies here, a greater principle for those of us that are not threatened of being stoned if we don't obey our parents. This is practical for a nation. If Israel raises children that learn to honor parents, they will likely be able to stay in the promised land that God has for them longer. They will enjoy the blessings of the promised land. They will enjoy a society that thrives. There will be peace. There will be joy in the land. Parents will be happy. Children will be just getting by, but there would be a society that would thrive. And what would happen was when that happened, they would live long in the land that God gives. They would enjoy the blessings of the promised land if families learned to honor their parents. Children who are spoiled and take all things for granted will ruin their lives and they will in turn ruin society. God's promise was that children were taught to honor their parents and that would establish a productive and successful society. And if you see a society that is crumbling, my guess is most likely you can start looking first in the homes, in the families. Again, this is not necessarily speaking like if you obey your parents or if you honor your parents, you're going to have a long life. It speaks of a longer duration of enjoying the blessings of God. People who honor their parents, listen, church, people who honor their parents, foibles and all, will have an easier time honoring people in society that they have to honor. 
But people who, children who do not honor their parents will have a very difficult time honoring anybody else. This is why this starts the whole gambit for us. We need to build homes where we honor parents, where honor is regularly shown. Do you realize how many people we're supposed to honor in the Bible? There's like a list of 15,000 people we're supposed to honor. Did you know this? Honor is all, chaved is all over scripture. We're supposed to honor our parents. Jesus, by the way, reiterates this in Matthew 15 and then again in Matthew 19. Honor your parents. It's an important one. Paul says it. You just read it in, uh, in Ephesians 6. But that's not all. We're supposed to honor the king. Romans 13. <laughs> we don't have a king, but we have a president. We're supposed to honor the president. doesn't matter if his name is Trump, and it doesn't matter if his name is Biden, and it doesn't matter if his name is Obama. We are too, because we are people who value honor, starting in the home, we are to understand the value of honor in society. And we honor the king. We honor our wives, 1 Peter 3. We honor our bosses, 1 Timothy 6. We honor our marriages, Hebrews 13. We honor each other, 1 Peter 2. We honor elders in the church, 1 Timothy 5. We honor widows, again, 1 Timothy 5. We honor the weaker part of the church family, that's 1 Corinthians 12. We honor God, that's everywhere, but a good one is Revelation 4. You know what a really good passage to this is? Romans 12, 10. Love one another with brotherly affection, and say it with me, church, outdo one another in showing honor. Can you outdo me in showing somebody honor? I bet you can. I bet you can. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After our conversation this morning, cha-ching. The goal is to honor those to whom honor is due, not honor those who have earned it, not honor those who we like. The goal is honor those to whom honor is due, and there is a list throughout Scripture of people that we are to honor. But you'll never get this. You'll never be able to communicate it until you can first start in the home by honoring parents. Honor is a regular characteristic displayed among the people in the church and for those outside of the church, not because somebody earns it, not because they deserve it, simply because God desires it. Honor God by honoring your parents. This is a place to start. You honor God by honoring your parents. Listen, God put those in authority over us in their position. God, put, God installed the people that are over us in the positions they are in. If you don't believe that, you have to believe that someday God was taken by surprise and had to work around something that happened on the earth because he didn't see it coming. That is a crazy way to worship God, to think about God. God is supreme and in supreme control. And therefore, whoever God puts in power is there because it's his desire for whatever reason. And our job is to give weight to those individuals. Not because they eat more and they get weightier, but because we defer to them we recognize God put them into place. We finally recognize the ability to honor what God honors. And listen, if you think, oh, Craig, that's really hard. When God told these people in the New Testament to honor the emperor, do you know who that was? Nero. For the most part of the New Testament, it's Nero. 
The guy that burned down Rome and blamed it on the Christians. The guy that started the Colosseums and began with appetizers of Christians being thrown to lions. And if you've been taught different from that, that is, that is manipulated history. Christians were persecuted under Rome, under Nero in specific. He would have garden parties. He would impale Christians, light them on fire so that they would light up his garden parties. He hated Christians. And yet Paul has the audacity, Peter too, Peter has the audacity to tell us this in 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. Say with me, church, honor the emperor. You got to think to yourself, when he said this, the people just went, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll fear God, but I'm not honoring that moron. That guy just killed my mom. That guy just made me an orphan. That guy is why I don't have a job today. But God says, you see, it's, it's not about who deserves it. It's not about who earns it. It's about honoring those to whom honor is due. Recognizing this is God's position of authority to put them in positions of authority. Please note, this does not mean that we are called to unify. I have to take a little sidebar here because I am sick to death of people saying we got to unify. Church, we are not called to unify with the world. Please understand, that is a, that is a lie from the devil. Friendship with the world is enemies with God. That is scripture. We are called to live at peace that they bring us. To live at peace with all humankind. We are called to pray for them. We are called to honor them. But we are not called to unify with them. When God calls us out of the world, we unify with God. It's a totally different concept. Listen, if you doubt that, even Jesus called Herod a fox. And it it wasn't because he was good looking. Jesus said he was a little deceiver. Jesus knew who he was. Called him a fox. John the Baptist spoke out. The reason John the Baptist died was because he got politically involved. He spoke out against the immorality of his authority in his day. And because of that, that immoral leader had a dancer that danced before him and aroused him to the point where he said, you can have anything you want. And she said, give me the head of John the Baptist. And they took his head off. And he didn't mind doing it because John the Baptist always told this guy how evil his actions were. We are not called to unity with anyone other than God's church. But you can have an honorable relationship with somebody whom you disagree with. If you don't believe that, you should ask my wife. Because we do that on a regular basis. And you probably do too. We have to get away from the idea that honor means just accepting everything and unifying and that's what we're called to do. No, we're not. We are called to honor. Honor does not mean agree. Honor means giving weight to but you can still have your own opinion. We honor these people because God honors them. Honor means offering actions and intentions that recognize God's given weight on those individuals. How do you honor your parents if you disagree with them? That's a good question. How do you honor your parents if, you're, if you disagree with them? Easy. Deference goes to the parents. That's what honor is. You give weight to that individual. 
simply out of your desire, not because they're right, simply because out of your desire to honor God first. Deference goes to your parents. I was, I was amazed this past week. I saw a CNN article, actually, and then he was interviewed. This kid turned his father in for going to the, uh, the January 6th uh, riots at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And this, this anchor, this pious, evil anchor, interviewed this kid that was 21 who turned his father in for going to that thing. He didn't know why he was there. He didn't know anything. He saw a picture. He didn't like his dad, so he turned him in. And the CNN made him a hero. And they, said, and they said, oh, it must be hard on your turning your parents in, but why did you do it? Did you, it's a right thing to do and good for you. And I'm sitting there just feeling sick in my stomach because I'm going, that kid didn't learn to honor his father. Deference goes to the parents. I don't care what you think about January 6th. That doesn't have anything to do with it. In fact, you should learn the story because all of the other members of this kid's family were interviewed and they said, yeah, we don't know what Jimmy's talking about. Like, uh, yeah, he, he was no threat. And, and he was making his dad sound like this crazy person. He was angry with his dad. And he turned him into the FBI. That is a lack of honor. And you know what society will do in those cases? They will prop those individuals. Society's job is to make individuals of every person in your home. God's desire is not that. Children, you are to honor your parents. You're an individual and you can make a choice, but you defer to your parents. Why? Because that is right in the eyes of God. We give honor to whom honor is due, not because they're incredible human beings, not because they make all the right decisions, but because their position that God has given them entitles them to our honor. This permeates through society. This is why I couldn't wait to do this one because it seems so simple and yet it's so weighty. When we did our sermon prep at Savory this past week, we were sitting around a table and we were just bantering ideas off of each other. And as we got up to leave, Michael was the first one out the door. Then some of the other guys left. Alex and I were the last ones to leave. And as we got up to leave, a woman on the other side of the restaurant said, excuse me, could I just talk to you a minute? And usually at that point, I'm thinking, Dude, did I drop something? Did I do something wrong? Did we say something that offended them? You know, that's usually because we're talking about Bible stuff in a public place. You know what she said? She said, I heard you talking about honoring your parents. Would you mind just praying for my boy? Because I, I don't have any control over him anymore. He, he doesn't honor me, and he doesn't honor his dad, and I don't know what to do. And I'm at the end of my rope, and we stopped right there, and we prayed over this woman. You see, no matter if you're going to church or not going to church, no matter if you love God or you don't love God, everybody wants a home where their parents are honored. So does God. It's his intention for building healthy homes that lead to healthy societies. Because if you raise kids that are not able to honor their parents at home, they will not honor anybody else in society. At Sinai, God says, if we're going to do nation stuff here, it has to start with each person's family. And the overall principle is, if we're going to build a people of faith, we have to trust God and honor who he puts in place of authority. Adults, this is our calling. These commands are not written to our children. They are written to us. We are commanded to have homes where honor is regularly displayed 
And if that's not done, we will see a society that degrades. Now it might be easier to understand why Paul included this one in Romans 1. Do you know Romans 1? It is the total collapse of society. It's where they neglect God and then it's just a list of evil things that were going on in the world. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, contentiousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. This terrible list, this society that is collapsing, there are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, and disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. I always wondered why disobedient to parents was right next to a murderer. And now you know why. Because if you don't have a home where children are taught to honor those to whom honor is due, starting with the parents, they will grow up and they will create a society where no honor is shown. They will not honor any. They will not honor their boss. They will not honor their spouse. They will not honor their relationships they will not honor life. This is why our obligations, this one, in our obligations to each other comes first. Honor God by honoring your parents. It starts in the home. These people, if they're not controlled, will grow up to be murderers, liars, and adulterers. And you're thinking to yourself, Craig, that is really crazy, like over the edge, like slippery slope stuff. Have you ever read the Judges? In the Old Testament, before Israel had kings, they had judges. These judges were amazing individuals. They, they weren't judges like we know of today. They were, they were kind of like the, the people that made society back on the, got it back on the right track. The children of Israel, they would be attacked by outside influences, and then they would cry out to God, and God would send them a judge. And it was usually like, like some Ehud was a great judge, or Othniel. These guys were like strong, yeah. <coughs> sorry, strong. <coughs> Strong guys that were able to conquer their enemies and get Israel back on track. This list of judges, this is before they had kings. This list of judges started out with some pretty amazing individual. Othniel, he was crazy good, uh, good judge. Deborah was one of the judges. She was outstanding. She was like the, the Valkyrie of her day. She was awesome. Uh, you had Othniel. These guys loved God. They, they enjoyed their relationship with God and it bled into society. But over almost 400 years of judges and society falling and falling and collapsing and collapsing, as they they started worshiping idols and disobeying God and not living like they should be living, and God sent enemies to kind of clean them up and give them a judge and rescue them, 350 years of this happening over and over again, over 12 judges came along to kind of save their, their, their keister every time they got into trouble. And you watch society just go down, down, down all the way through. The last chapter of Judges will break your heart. Every man did what was, what was right in his own eyes. The total collapse of society in the book of Judges. And if you watch who the first people were that were judges, Othniel, Deborah, all, all these amazing godly guys, and you watch who the last judge was. Do you know who the last judge of Israel was? Samson. And he was a total loser. Samson didn't do one thing right, not one. In the end, the only thing he did that was close to right 
I mean, he messed around with women. He, did, he just did all. The, one thing he did, he, he was in the temple of the, of the of Baal, in the temple of the Philistine gods. And he said, all these people around me, God, and he had just had his eyes poked out. You remember that? And they were making fun of him. Took his hair off, took his strength away. He was like, big guy. Killed a thousand people one day. One day. Now he's brought to his end. Hair is gone. Strength is gone. He's standing in the temple, and he says his prayer to God goes like this. God, avenge me for my eyes. And he pushed the pillars across and killed more in one day on that day than he did any other day. Do you find anything wrong with that guy's prayer? Not God, lift your name up. Not God, I'm sorry for being a moron my whole life. None of that. Avenge me for my eyes. The last judge they have is a total self-motivated narcissistic leader. (sighs) Starts out good, society collapses, you have less people to choose from to lead, and then all of a sudden you have Samson. And let me ask you, church, how did Samson treat his parents? Do you remember? Total dishonor. Total disregard. He told his parents, get my wife for me from the nation of the Philistines. And they said, Samson, we can't do that. God has his hand on your life. You're going to be a judge. I can't do that. And he said, do it. And they did it. He mocked them. He mocked their wishes for his life. He had no honor for his parents. And it's no wonder to me after 300 years of, 350 years of degradation of society, you're left with somebody like Samson to lead who doesn't know how to honor his mother and father and doesn't know how to teach honor in the nation. Listen, church, commandment number five is about recreating God's order. This is about how we put things back the way they should be. This is God's attempt for us to understand, listen, you weren't made to be like Samson. You weren't made to have a a society where people don't even know what the word honor means. You You weren't made to struggle in these ways. You weren't, you weren't made to struggle with your children disobeying. You weren't made to, to grow up and hate your parents. You weren't made that way. When we put number five into play, it is God's attempt to restructure us as he intends for us to be structured, and it has to start in the home. God, through this command, is bringing order into the disorder of the nation of Israel. Reordering begins church. It begins in the church. And if you wonder why we value families so much here, now you know. We love families. We value our kids. Breaks my heart that through COVID-19, our kids have had to suffer so much. Because we value children. Because we value our parents. Honor God by honoring your parents. Church, when people walk through the doors of this church, they should see the way that creation was meant to function. So I need to ask myself the question, how am I honoring my parents today? And children, you need to ask your question, how am I, well, children of parents, how am I training my children to honor us as parents in the home? The Bible says we are never, never off duty, so number one, so what? Honoring parents is a command that never turns off. When are you not a son and daughter? Never. So it begins with how we treat our parents first. And how do we do that? Ask their stories. Ask questions. Show interest. Share your parents' stories with your children. Share your stories with your children. Create a culture in their lives to appreciate your life. Live out the principles they left behind for you. 
If there's one regret I have in my life, and as far as my family goes, I don't know all the stories from my grandparents. Tell those stories regularly in your homes. Share your sayings in conversation. My kids know some of my sayings. You probably know some of my sayings. We're full of sin from the crown of our head to the sole of our foot. Tell your parents and your children that you're proud of them, that you love them. Create an atmosphere, an environment of honor in the home. And please note, Craig, you, you, you may be saying, Craig, I, well, how does that mean like when they get older and I can't care for them? Is it, is it wrong to put them in a home? You look at the story of the Good Samaritan. One thing that we appreciate that the Good Samaritan is he stopped. He picked up the guy. He bandaged his wounds. He took care of them. But what did he do after that? He put this individual that had been beaten up in a home, in a hotel, in a, in a lodging place, and he paid for his lodging until he got better because he had something, he had a life that he couldn't stop living for this individual. And so I think there are plenty of ways in Scripture that we can look for help from somebody else in order to care for those parents that we have that might be too much for us to care for. But you better not stop visiting them. That's one reason I, I go to old folks' homes as much as I do convalescent homes. Um, right now I'm in a great home called Bridgeway. All you Bridgeway people, hello, all you Bridgeway people. They're online with us each Sunday. I love these folks. They, they brighten my Tuesdays. We do a little devotional together. I love hanging out with them. And it just occurs to me how many times people like get into these communities and get forgotten about. And I don't want that to ever happen. Bottom line, the way you honor is giving is, is going to change over the years. But we always give weight to, we revere, we, we give precedence to, we give reverence to our parents, and that never changes. Leave a legacy for your children to understand honor. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So teach your children to honor. My life will either teach my children to honor or permit them the dangerous space of dishonor. One of the two. So children... You can honor your parents by obeying them. Teens, teens, all you teens, you can honor your parents by beginning to develop lives that honor them. You get to be out a little bit more, on your own a little bit more, driving a little bit more, (laughs) on your own while the parents pray a little bit more at home. Develop lives that are individual to you that develop an honor for your parents. Don't speak poorly of your parents when they're not around. God hears every word. Young adults, speak well of your parents. Build the name that they have given you into something great. Adults, take care of your parents. Make sure that they are cared for like they cared for you when you were so small. My dad dropped out of school when he was nine in ninth grade. I don't think many people know that because you'd never know it if you met my dad. He dropped out of school when he was in ninth grade because his father left his mother. And they had a farm and his mother had no income. So my dad worked himself to the bone, dropping out of school to provide for his mom. He honored his mother. My dad always kind of regretted the fact that he never finished school. But I'm proud to say, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to say that each one of his kids, all five of us, went to college and graduated. My dad was never, never so... I can remember, I graduated a couple of times, the different degrees that I've gotten, and my dad was at every one. And I can remember him, and he would just grab me and say, son, I'm so proud of you. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I understand it now that I'm a little bit older. What my dad was saying was, I'm proud of the way that you're honoring me by doing what you're doing. Now that I'm older, that, that just means the world to me. 
I'm going to brag on my dad just a little bit. My dad, who dropped out of school when he was in ninth grade to care for his mom, started a school. There was a need in my community to start a school, and Dad felt so impressed that he wanted to begin one, and it's still going today. It's called Halifax Christian Academy. You can watch it. You can see it online. It now has two campuses. Thousands of children have gone through from K all the way through graduation, and they've done so because my dad and my mom got together and started a school in my hometown. And I'll guarantee you, most of those kids don't even know my dad, but I know what he did. And I want to tell this story because I want to honor him. My dad always wanted to be a pastor. (laughs) So I want to be the best pastor ever because my dad wanted to be one. You see, if you start a home where honor is shown, it will follow you all the days of your life. This is the key for us understanding the importance of the fifth command. We want to honor those of us with parents, which is all of us. We want to honor our parents. So start number two, start highlighting honor in your own family circles. Break the cycle of, or improve on the cycle of honor, beginning with you. Speaking honestly, I know there's a movement in our culture to individualize family members and make them all equal. Our job as, as children is to make sure our parents know they are not equal with us. My mom does not ever want to be my best friend. My dad does not want, and I don't want him to be my dad. I only get one dad. He's my dad. Now, do I think of him as a friend? I sure did. Do I think of my mom as a friend? I sure did, but she's my mom first because that is the higher of the standings. I got lots of friends, but I only got one mom and dad. Begin by creating a culture of honor in your home. Bring them to church. Teach them about Jesus. Show them how to honor people that God requires them to honor. Be an example for your children of what it means to live out a life of honor. Listen, do you know the primary reason why, why police and teachers and authority is mocked and disrespected today? Let me say that one more time because you're probably thinking to yourself, Craig, you're about to go on a soapbox, and I am. Do you know the primary reason police teachers, authority are disrespected today is because they are not taught honor in the home. And because they don't know how to honor in the home, they don't know how to honor in society. And if you think that people are getting disrespected in the different jobs that they have, if you're a teacher and you're thinking to yourself, I don't get no respect. <laughs> Who is that? Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get no respect. And you think to yourself, every single day I go to, and I don't get no respect. I get, I'm the authority here. You got to listen to me. I don't get no respect. You are teaching a bunch of kids that don't understand what it means to respect because or honor because they've never been taught it in the home. It's not your fault. You should just know what you're up against. If you want to combat that, start in your home. Start by creating a culture of honor in your own home. Scary thing is we've created a culture in homes where children are not taught to honor their parents and these rebellious people, children grow up into adults and they may say they love their mom and dad, but they don't honor them. They may say they love them and they respect them, but they don't honor them in the way that they live. Jesus said this is a major problem. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 7, he said he called them hypocrites. You hypocrites, Isaiah prophesied of you this way when he said, the people honor me with their lips, but their Hearts are far from me. Honor is recognizing somebody's God-given weight 
honor is shown in the Christian home, and it is non-negotiable, and it comes from here. It is genuine. You may think, Craig, what if, what if I haven't started this yet? I haven't started this in my home. Listen, it's never too late. You can start. Here's some ways that you can do this, all right? Admit and pray. You've got to admit that you built a bad system to begin with. And it's not your fault. Maybe you didn't know about this, but today is your oh, moment of revelation, all right? So start today. It's, it's never too late to start. Start today, pray, and start something new. Number two, find. Find somebody that can help you with this. We have people in our church that would love to walk alongside of you and do life with you and help you how to, ne- how to negotiate the things that are going on in your brain and get rid of the bad things and start some new things and create a family where honor is regularly shown. You need, you need to rely on somebody who knows how to retrain your, your thinking so you can start developing a, a home where honor is displayed regularly. Take courage. This goes against culture. Culture says you've got to be your kid's best friend. That's nowhere in Scripture. You are your kid's mom or you are your kid's dad. You are the authority that God has given them, the hand of grace in that family's life. That is your position. Live it out. Love it. Live it. Be gracious in it. But that's your job. Culture is trying to steal your children away from you. And now I'm sad to say we live in a cancel culture and eventually your kids will be applauded when they cancel you out of their lives. That's coming. Teach honor at the home first. And be consistent. This will take effort. You'll need to be consistent in this. If you want real inheritance to pass on your children, this is it. So that brings me to the last one. Having trouble with honor might indicate that there's trouble in the heart. This commitment to honor starts in home and, and society, but it begins first and foremost in the heart. I want to I just share this verse with you. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is what, church? Honorable. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Dwell on truth and not on lies. Dwell on truth, not the evil around you. Dwell your mind, set your mind on things above. Dwell on the things that take you down the righteous roads and not the evil ones. Choosing to honor means beginning to choose to honor God first. And you, so you have to follow this verse in Philippians and dwell on things that are honorable. Maybe turn off the TV. Don't let your kids watch all the junk that they watch on TV. You, you've got to give them a culture of honor, not dishonor in the home. Honor doesn't get thrown out because of abusive situations. We live in a sinful world, and sometimes parents are really not just unfair, but abusive to their kids. And I, so I've got to tell you this, too. Honor does not get thrown out because of abusive situations. They're still your parents. That's hard for me to say. It absolutely is. But it's absolutely true. It might mean leaving. It might mean getting help. It might mean seeking advice, but it never means disrespecting. It never means dishonoring. It doesn't even mean covering up. You might need to go to some spiritual leader or some counselor or something and ask for some help. You do not have to stay in an abusive situation, but the gospel frees us from being victims. And so if you live out the gospel, you live out life as God intends for you to live, you can find help and hope in the avenues that God gives you. I have great compassion on the homes where children suffer the dishonorable actions of parents. And some of you have lived that, and I haven't. 
I have great compassion on homes where parents are not honored by their children. And I'm not trying to minimize all of the wrongs that are done in these situations, but this does not negate the responsibility that we have to honor them simply because that is their position. That is where God put them. The gospel acknowledges your abuse, but, it, but God gives you a different identity. Satan will give you lots of reasons to show dishonor, but God will give you lots of strength to show honor even when it's hard. Honor is my premeditated choice, not my response to circumstances. Listen, this is, this is top 10 on God's list. The last book of the Bible in the Old Testament is Malachi, the great Italian prophet Malachi. This prophet, his whole book is about how society has gone to hell in a handbasket, is the last book of the Bible. In the book, you can read lots of places where children are disobedient to their parents, God is disrespected, God is not honored. <laughs> they were bringing blind animals for sacrifices to God, <laughs> thinking they could get away with it, offering their blind animals. It's a, it's a wonderful read if you want to ever read Malachi. It starts out by Malachi 1, verse 6, a son honors his father, a servant his master. God says, if I am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm your master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts. You see, God was neglected in his honor. And the last verse of the Bible, as it goes through, it says, God is neglected in his honor. All society is, is dishonorable at this point. And the last verse of Malachi will send chills up your spine after hearing this message. Society was gone to the point where they needed to be judged by God. And so God sends them into, into captivity, and that's how we end before 400 years of silence and the Gospels begin with the arrival of Jesus Christ. But before that happens, and right when Malachi ends, the last verse of the Bible says this, Malachi 4, 6, he will turn the hearts of the fathers, speaking of Jesus Christ, well, John the Baptist who would bring in Jesus Christ, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And 400 years later, Jesus came and established the church. And church, this is where we turn the hearts of our children back to the fathers. And we turn the hearts of our children back to their mothers. This recreation of society has to begin with us, church. Because our society is not going to pick up the ball and run with this one. Society wants to turn our children's hearts against their mothers and fathers. God wants to turn children's hearts toward their mothers and fathers. And that is the greatest difference that the gospel makes for commandment number five. My goal is to invest in our children an honorable name, to develop an honor for God's name, so that they can be children who honor people as they should. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we had to look in the fifth commandment. It's an easy read, but there's so much meat in here. I pray that your spirit was able to do what my words maybe couldn't, and that you would create at Village Church East a hunger to want to have families that are built on honor, honor for the parents. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us these positions, not by accident, not by mistake. I have four daughters that, are, that have become the world to me. Each one of them, Lord, I want nothing more than for them to grow and love you and serve you and enjoy the blessings that you pour into their lives on a regular basis. 
And in doing so, Lord, they would bring great honor to me because, Lord, that would greatly honor you. And so, Father, I pray that we would understand how this is connected and why it's number one on the list for how society is meant to function. May we as a church create honorable relationships in the home and may we stop the dishonorable ones that are going on now. May we be courageous to implement what has not been implemented. And may we take a stand against the culture every day that tells us we might be doing it wrong. Help us to do it according to your plan. And in doing so, may you save our children. Create in us a culture where we honor those to whom honor is due. And in doing so, Father, may you use this church to turn the world upside down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.